in the biggest game of the year. The Edmonton Oilers shine as they hop over the LA Kings in the standings and at Rogers Place. We talk about the massive win and all the implications from it on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, the Edmonton Oilers get the biggest win of their season with a 2-0 victory over the Los Angeles Kings at Rogers Place as they leapfrog over the Los Angeles Kings for second place in the Pacific Division and two points out of top spot in not only the Pacific, but the Western Conference as well. We will talk about that game in just a second. But also on today's episode, with that win against the LA Kings, we saw a little bit of a trend as to what the lines will probably look like in massive games, a.k.a. the playoffs, with the Edmonton Oilers. So we'll talk about some of the numbers around some of the lines that were ran last night for the Edmonton Oilers. And to wrap up on this Friday, the beast of the week, and it's time for this player to get his flowers, not only with Edmonton Oilers fans, because let's be real, he's already been a fan favorite for 12 years, but it's now time for him to get his flowers around the league all that and much more on today's episode of locked on oilers thank you for making locked on oilers your first listen every day we are free and available wherever you find your podcast Alrighty, let's get into last night's game between the edmonton oilers and the Los Angeles Kings as the Edmonton Oilers get a 2-0 victory over the Kings and Stuart Skinner stole the show. 43-save shutout for Stuart Skinner, his second in his NHL career, the first for the Edmonton Oilers this year. He now has a record of 10-1-1 in the month of March, making him the winningest goaltender in a single month in Edmonton Oilers history. Stuart Skinner, in his first full season in the NHL, has absolutely blown away every possible expectation that anybody could have had for him heading into this year, and it all accumulated to last night. That performance by Stuart Skinner, we talked to Eddie Garcia from Locked On Kings yesterday about Stuart Skinner and the comfortability around goaltenders for the Edmonton Oilers. We all know it's been an issue for the Oilers, not just this year, but for years in the past. Stuart Skinner went out there in his biggest game of his career and put up a potentially top five performance in the NHL this season by any goaltender in the NHL at all. He looked like a top five goaltender in the league in that game. That is the type of goaltending that wins you titles. I'm not saying, I know everybody will go, oh, you're jumping, you're jumping way too quick. What are you talking about here? That was an unbelievable performance 
by Stuart Skinner, which led to the Edmonton Oilers winning that game 2-0. That game doesn't only start and end with Stuart Skinner. Does it start with him? Absolutely. But it also ends with the team in front of him. At least it kind of goes into the start and ending with the team in front of him. As last night, you saw the fruits of the labor. You saw the reason why Matthias Ekholm was acquired by the Edmonton Oilers. You watched that last shift in the game with Matthias Ekholm breaking his stick. He had a broken stick. And at no point did you ever feel with a broken stick, last minute of play, up to empty net, extra attacker, you never felt like the Edmonton Oilers were out of control in their own end. Massive saves by Skinner did help with that, but Matthias Ekholm's expertise, his experience, his calm demeanor, made the Edmonton Oilers look like an experienced hockey team in their own end, a a, a defensive juggernaut in their own end, and they even got lucky with the puck hitting his broken stick in the middle of the ice and almost causing the puck to leave the zone. It was a full defensive effort, defensive effort, excuse me, that was complemented by a goal from uh, Evander Kane. That was a beautiful, beautiful goal, thanks to a beautiful assist from Leon Dreisaitl for his 71st assist of the season and his 117th point. Second to only Connor McDavid who last night got his 61st goal of the year, his 300th of his career, and he becomes the third Edmonton Oiler in the last three games to score his 300th NHL career goal. The other two being Vander Kane and Leon Dreisaitl. Now, let's get to the elephant in the room. That hit on Mikey Anderson. One of the softest plays I have seen in a long time that has caused, maybe not a long time, that's probably hyperbole, but that is for a guy who is known around the league to be, some may say dirty, but I'm going to say a hard-nosed defenseman, a hard guy to play against. We saw what he did with Sidney Crosby earlier this year, and everybody in Edmonton knows what he did with Leon Dreisaitl and sometimes Connor McDavid in the series last year in the playoffs. Mikey Anderson, at times, is a dirty player. He's a hard-nosed player. He's a difficult guy to play against. And there's a reason why he got his extension earlier this year. He is a very good two-way defense, or a shutdown defenseman, excuse me, as we heard yesterday with Eddie talking about how much or how valuable he is to this team. But if it's the old adage, if you're going to give, you got to be willing to take. And if you watch any game that is on tonight, watch any game that is on tonight that does not include the Edmonton Oilers or the Los Angeles Kings, and you're going to see that play made six or seven times. I I understand a lot of people going, oh, well, it's Connor McDavid. Oilers fans can never see when Connor McDavid makes a problem or makes a mistake. 
That's a hockey play. He stops skating from the top of the circle and is going in to a board battle. This is a physical guy. You would think going into a corner with a guy who loves to muck it up right in front of the net, who is very physical and it really engages physical contact right in front of the net, would be more willing and able to brace himself when a six foot one, not even 200 pounds, is Connor McDavid even 200 pounds? I'm checking it on the fly here because I genuinely don't even think. Connor McDavid is 200 pounds. Could you imagine if that was Clem Costin, Vinny DeHarnay, even Nick Bukestad, who's six foot six? Imagine if that was any other player than Connor McDavid, who is six foot one, 193 pounds. Are you kidding me? And now he's injured. And of course, you never wish an injury on anybody. The LA Kings have recalled Tobias Bjornfot on uh, emergency basis. Seems like a not good diagnosis for Mikey Anderson. But I blame Mikey Anderson for any potential injury. That is a hockey play, and if, if that is a play that is made even in bantam hockey, if that that's a two minute ma- minor and maybe even a major in bantam hockey, not in the NHL. I've spent too much time on this Mikey Anderson thing because the Edmonton Oilers have won a two nothing masterpiece against the LA Kings last night, jumping over the LA Kings for second place in the division, and on th- uh, Saturday night. Tomorrow night, the Anaheim Ducks come into town and that game could potentially be a tying game or at least bring the Edmonton Oilers within a tie for first place in the Pacific Division and in the Western Conference. But I'm also bearing the lead here. With the win last night and a potential loss in any fashion For the Winnipeg Jets against the Detroit Red Wings tonight, your Edmonton Oilers will clinch a playoff spot tonight. One more time. If the Winnipeg Jets lose in any fashion to the Detroit Red Wings tonight, that is in regulation, in overtime, or shootout, if they lose... The Edmonton Oilers will clinch a 2023 NHL playoff spot. Ah, what a time it is to be around the Edmonton Oilers. But last night with the Edmonton Oilers win, it was one of the biggest games, if not the biggest game of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. And we really got to see how Jay Woodcroft will deploy the Edmonton Oilers in big games. So how did he deploy the Edmonton Oilers in this big game? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to one That is up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat 
first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. The final four starts tomorrow. I'm still praying it's not FAU. Either way, it's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out on your shot to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Alrighty, the interesting thing with last night's win for the Edmonton Oilers over the LA Kings is, well, it was obviously an important game, and the Edmonton Oilers needed to deploy the team in a way, or more specifically, Jay Woodcroft needed needed to deploy the team in a way that was going to win them the game, but also so he knew who to throw out there in important games. Now, a lot of people imagine that this is going to be most likely a first-round preview of the playoffs in this season or in these playoffs, potentially a second-round matchup in the uh, NHL playoffs this year. But the interesting thing was that the Edmonton Oilers, over the last couple of games, not so much against Vegas, but the Arizona Coyotes, the San Jose Sharks, the Edmonton Oilers have done it a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, and just throwing out there, not lines to see what sticks, but lines to see where the chemistry really is for the Edmonton Oilers against teams that you can kind of experiment against. We saw it against the Arizona Coyotes, specifically with Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci, not this week, but the week before, and we saw Nurse and DeHarnay playing together more predominantly. But this was not one of those games. This is one of those games where you have to know your lines and know what you're getting out of your lines when you deploy them. And we now know what the Edmonton Oilers' plan will be, most likely, Heading in to the playoffs. We took a look at, or I took a look at some of the lines for the Edmonton Oilers last night. Who played the most together? How did they produce together? And we also took a look at the defensive pairings as well. And some pretty interesting notes around uh, Philip Broberg that I'm going to wrap up today's uh, segment on as well. But let's start off with the forwards and the top lines as well with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Now, those two players, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, spent most of the night playing on opposite lines, as they always do or normally do. Will that be the case in the playoffs? It depends on what's going on in the playoffs. I think... We need to remember that when Darnell or when uh, Leon Drysaddle, excuse me, was playing with Connor McDavid in the playoffs, it was because of that injury he sustained thanks to Mikey Anderson. He wasn't at a hundred percent, and not to say that Connor McDavid was carrying Leon Drysaddle in any way, but it was an ability to have Leon Drysaddle to play at his top potential without him having to drive a line on one leg. But now he's healthy, and we're most likely going to see Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on completely 
different line. And that is what we saw last night for the Edmonton Oilers. Top line consisted of Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That line played a total of 11 minutes and 23 seconds. Their expected goals for was the best amongst all Edmonton Oilers lines with a .996 and a pretty interesting uh, expected goals against as well at a sub uh, 500 sitting at a point four seven nine. They also fired 18 shots towards Jonas Corposalo. Now, the first half of the game, too, the Edmonton Oilers, I wouldn't say exactly dominating in that game. They they were, uh, it was the best game the Edmonton Oilers have played team in and team out the entire season. But the Edmonton Oilers, halfway through the second period, were up on shots on the Los Angeles Kings 23-12. to now, the, the LA Kings did finish with 43 shots, and that was a little bit of a different story in the second half. But 18 shots for, or shot attempts for, for the Edmonton Oilers with that top line, you're probably going to see a lot of success if you're able to get that many shots towards the net. Towards the net. Some shots can be blocked, obviously. Some can be missed. But the attempts at almost 20 in, well, 11 minutes and 23 seconds. I was going to say 60 minutes. But in 11 minutes and 23 seconds is a pretty high volume that is probably going to lead to a lot of success for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, the second line. Almost as good for the Edmonton Oilers. Evander Kane, Leon Dreisaitl, and Kyler Yamamoto. Moto made up the second line for the Edmonton Oilers. They played 10 minutes and 55 seconds together, 33 seconds less than, or uh, uh, I'm not good at math. There you go, 28 seconds less than uh, Leon or Hyman McDavid and. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but their expected goals for were not as high as what it was for McDavid Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but their expected goals against was the best amongst Edmonton Oilers forwards last night. A .115 expected goals against for the second line for the Edmonton Oilers that included Leon Dreisaitl, Evander Kane, and Kyler Yamamoto. Leon Dreisaitl catches a lot of flack, a lot of flack for his work ethic on the ice or how much effort he puts on the ice after he gives up a puck or something like that. Last night, he was a man possessed, throwing massive hits all over the ice. Ba a great back check for him last night, a great forecheck for him last night as well. But what not a lot of people really understand is the defensive game that Evander Kane and Kyler Yamamoto really bring to the Edmonton Oilers on a game-in and game-out basis. Kyler Yamamoto and Evander Kane are consistently in the top three, top five of goals against per 60 minutes for the Edmonton Oilers at even strength in all situations and even on the penalty kill as well. He was somebody, Evander Kane was somebody that the Edmonton Oilers desperately missed over this season when he was out with his injury because of how good he is in his own end. And you're seeing that the fruits of said labor as well in this line. And Evander Kane just scored his 300th goal in his NHL career. He obviously has that scoring touch as well. Now let's get to the checking line. And that was uh, Warren Fogle, Nick Bukestad, 
and Matthias Janmark. Now, the Edmonton Oilers ran with the 11-7 lineup, so after this line, it was a little bit jumbled. A couple of minutes here and there for this line and that line, and mostly because it was being run through either Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl with a pair of wingers, like a Costin and a Ryan or, or something of that ilk. This line was pretty interesting to me. Seven minutes and 21 seconds on ice for that line. A .297 expected goals for, which is the least amount amongst Edmonton Oilers uh, forwards. Not that bad still, but it's a third line. That's fine. But it's the expected goals against. Not as good as the Kane, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, but that's saying something because that's also a line that is or has more minutes than the Bukestad, uh, Fogel, Yanmark line. But an expected goals against of a .221, a fantastic defensive game in their own end. And those are, again, players who are defensively very sound. Nick Bugstead has been a great addition for the Edmonton Oilers on the two-way end or two-way spectrum, I guess you can say, for the Edmonton Oilers. Almost got the game opening goal with that exploding stick right in front of the net where he hit the post. Uh, Matthias Janmark, I know he catches a lot of flack too. He is such a great defensive forward has a very solid skating ability can get into the transition game and gets into open scoring and shooting uh, opportunities I really like Matthias Janmark and we see some of the fruits of that labor as well with Matthias Janmark too and Warren Fogel has really taken a step in his game I really like this line and especially with the potential defensive work these two teams can make or these uh this line excuse me can make I think it'd be a very, very good line for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. And if the Edmonton Oilers do decide to bring in a Devin Shore for a 12-6 lineup instead of 11-7 in the playoffs, the Edmonton Oilers could be running with four full lines who can do a job in their own end, in the opposition end, and in transition that the opposition just will not be ready to play against. Uh, let's wrap up with the defensemen for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, uh, the Edmonton Oilers decided to go 11-7 for the second straight time against a contender as well. They went 11-7, the exact same lineup with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. And Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci played a pretty interesting game as well. 17 minutes and two seconds together. Uh, an expected goals against of a .879. Now, that was the highest amongst every def defensive pairing and forward group for the Edmonton Oilers as well. But that's what you're going to get as well when you're playing 17 minutes and two seconds as a defensive pairing. But even the expected goals sitting at a .69, which was only second for the Edmonton Oilers defensive pairings, not that impressive and not not great for the top pairing again considering you're getting top minutes uh and the thing that i'm not too pumped about is the unblocked shot attempts against 14 shot attempts against for the la kings with darnell nurse and cody cc on the ice zero of them were blocked all 14 of those shots were unblocked shot attempts towards the Edmonton Oilers net. That is not necessarily a recipe for success for your top pairing uh, of, for the Edmonton Oilers, especially in the playoffs, especially when you take a look at how Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard did in that stat. 
eight shot attempt unblocked shot attempts uh, against for the LA or for that pairing, I should say. So Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard allowed eight shots towards Stuart Skinner out of the thirteen that were attempted on the Edmonton Oilers when Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard were on the ice. Only 8 of 13 made it to the net, where all 14 of the shots attempted with Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece on the ice made their way at least towards Stuart Skinner. Now, Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard, I just want to say this now, they are the number one pairing for the Edmonton Oilers, which if you would have asked me last at this point last month, literally 31 days ago, I would have laughed you out of the building that if you would have told me Evan Bouchard would have been statistically and literally the Edmonton Oilers' second best or at least on the top pairing for the Edmonton Oilers. 12 minutes and 37 seconds for Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard last night together. A .849 goals for per 60 minutes, which is second to only Connor McDavid, Zach Hyman, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the Edmonton Oilers lines and defensive pairings. And an expected goals against of a .615. For 12 minutes and 37 seconds, the expectations from the top pairing were with uh, Nurse and Cece, pretty impressive. I would switch those two pairings in the playoffs. I would have Ekholm and, and Bouchard playing the most time together. But let's get into kind of the meat and potatoes of the Edmonton Oilers, especially considering if the Edmonton Oilers are going 11-7, that means they're bringing in an extra defenseman most likely Philip Broberg. Now, Ryan Murray was on the ice and skating for the Edmonton Oilers in practice today. Ryan Rashog did say that it will be a long road ahead, most likely, for Ryan Murray. Assume that he would be ready for the playoffs. But I did see some people say, oh, then I assume Philip Broberg will be sent to the AHL. The AHL season is ending just as soon as the NHL season is, so I wouldn't expect him to go down. The other thing, too, is, is once the AHL season ends, the Edmonton Oilers are allowed to bring up a couple of players from the AHL and have them on kind of a taxi squad or call them the Black Aces for uh, the Edmonton Oilers to bring up that if an injury does happen... They can come in, they're play practicing with the Oilers, they're in the Oilers organization, and you would most likely see either Ryan Murray or Philip Broberg come into there. But I mentioned Philip Broberg for a reason. Last night, Philip Broberg split time with uh, Brett Kulak and Matthias Ekholm, not exclusively, but mostly throughout the game last night. Uh, spent two minutes and 11 seconds with Brett Kulak and one minute and 43 seconds with Matthias Ekholm. Now, that is important because Matthias Ekholm and Philip Broberg, I think, can also be a pairing of the future for the Edmonton Oilers. If not, at least Matthias Ekholm can be a real mentor for Philip Broberg, another Swedish guy, who, a young Swedish guy who's coming in through the league. Kind of similar playing style, in, at least in the regards of their bigger bodies. They can use their bodies in, in uh, physical, obvious ways, but uh, they can also use that body in a way to end cycles, and they can also move the puck. Bre uh, Kulak, and Bro or Kulak and Broberg, yes, excuse me, they had a .025 
goals against or expected goals against, and Ekholm and Broberg sat with an even zero. Zero expected goals against. I think the Edmonton Oilers are in a fantastic spot with their defensemen and the fact that they can also cycle in a six foot seven guy in Vincent Dehart, not even cycle in. He has been playing great defensive hockey for the Edmonton Oilers. Last night's game was a great fit and a great game for him to play in as well. And last night he played 10 minutes and 34 seconds with Brett Kulak, had a 0.449 expected goals against, which was actually the lowest between uh, Brett Kulak and Vincent Deharnay, Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard, and uh, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece. So the lowest amount of uh, expected goals against amongst the Edmonton Oilers defensive pairings. And they only allowed eight shots, uh, eight unblocked shots against of the 11 fired towards them. That is how the Edmonton Oilers will deploy their lineup in big games. The thing to look out for is whether or not the Edmonton Oilers go 11-7 or 12-6 in the playoffs. What do you think about the Edmonton Oilers line deployment? Do you think this all makes a lot of sense for the Oilers? Do you think this was, oh, it's just a one-off. Why are we really spending so much time talking about this? Or do you also think that this will be a massive, massive look into the future for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs? I'm curious what you think with the Edmonton Oilers lineup. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the Beast of the Week. And this guy absolutely deserves it. Let's get into the Beast of the Week in just a second. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the Beast of the Week. And this beast absolutely went off, not only this week, but in the biggest game of the season for the Edmonton Oilers before the game against the LA Kings, and that was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is finally getting the love, and honestly, he still needs more love than he is getting right now. He deserves more love than he, is, than he is getting right now because in four games this week, two goals, six assists, eight points. In fact, he was held pointless against the LA Kings last night in that very tightly contested 2 nothing win. So essentially in three games since last Saturday, two goals, six assists, eight points. Against the Vegas Golden Knights, one goal, Four assists, five points, as mentioned in the biggest game for the Edmonton Oilers up until last night's game. And last night's game, though he was held pointless, ended a nine-game point streak for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. His week this week has shown that Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I've been saying this not only on this show, not only for the last couple of weeks, but I've been saying this for years. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the most underappreciated first overall pick, if not of all time, at least in the last 30 years, 20, 30 years. Ryan Nugent Hopkins consistently 
does fantastic things, not only on the offensive end, which is why he is now getting the praise that he deserves, but his play in his own end, his ability to be a full 200-foot player, a real leader and general, not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. There is a reason why Edmonton absolutely adores Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And that is because he has been an absolute stalwart for the Edmonton Oilers lineup. Uh, the ability to be able to sit here through the darkest of times and still be here on the brightest of times for the Edmonton Oilers in a long time proves that he's not only a, a fantastic hockey player, but a fantastic person and an Edmontonian amongst all Edmonton Oilers. And it, it, it really feels like Ed, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has made Edmonton home. And this is now his coming out season as he has had career highs in goals with 35, assists with 61, and points with 96. He is four points away from 100 points. And nobody in the NHL is talking about it because he's doing it next to Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl understandable but it is time for ryan nugent hopkins to also get his flowers this has been an absolutely unfathomable season that ryan nugent hopkins is having and it's happening right in front of our eyes the beast of the week is ryan nugent hopkins and you need to scream it from the top of the mountains because ryan nugent hopkins is the proudest edmonton oiler on the edmonton oilers right now and Edmonton Oilers fans need to appreciate that. Not saying that Edmonton Oilers fans don't, because obviously you see all the keep Nuge forever shirts, and we kept Nuge forever shirts around, but uh, I just think it's beautiful that uh, Edmonton's, almost Edmonton's son, because he's been through hell and back with the Edmonton Oilers over the last 12 years, and he's just now seeing, again, it seems like the theme of today's episode is the fruits of the labor, but that is exactly what is going on with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Alrighty, the Edmonton Oilers could fall into a tie for first place in the Pacific Division tomorrow as the Anaheim Ducks come into town for a hockey night in Canada matchup. The Edmonton Oilers, second place in the Pacific Division, two points back from first. The Edmonton Oilers face off against the LA Kings again next week. Oh, what a time it is to be in oil country. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Enjoy last night's win. Enjoy tomorrow's game. And in Ben Stelter's wonderful words, play La Bamba, baby.